Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Bite Size podcast. I think it went live a bit later, a bit of lag, but good to be back. Um, We're here to preview the Leicester match tomorrow, but we will also pick up a little bit on the Man City loss and the dramatic Villa win. Um, It's been a roller coaster of emotions since we last spoke, Clayton. Um, I don't know about you, but obviously, like, we were quite doom and gloom come Wednesday and then. Saturday, we were there together celebrating the win. So it was nice to watch that game with you. Yeah, I feel like the last couple of weeks has diagnosed me with like bipolarness. It was, it's been absolutely up and down. And yeah, obviously, we. what was the last one we did of these? It was just before City, I think, right? So we've not spoken the, about... It was the City preview and I think there was an Everton review. Yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah. So we've not spoken about City. We've not spoken about uh, Villa. But yeah, like you said, we were at the uh, FPL meets watching... The Arsenal Villa game last week that was bloody ridiculous. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a, and I've actually I've got a ticket for tomorrow as well. So my last two away games have been defeat uh, in the cup at City and defeat at Goodison. So we'll see if I'm the problem. But yeah, so overall feeling is now very good. But two weeks ago it wasn't so good. So yeah, it's been a roller coaster couple weeks, hasn't it? Yeah, like we won't obviously go into like the specific details of the two matches that we sadly missed for the reviews, but I think we can spend a few minutes just talking about how we felt and where we're yeah. at, like um, emotionally, because I think after the Wednesday game, obviously it was quite frustrating. We were level on points, you know, I know we had the game in hand, um, but we kind of dropped out at first for the first time in a long time. And I really wondered how the boys would react. You know, we had the 1230 early kickoff on the Saturday traveling away, so there was definitely a lot of worries going into it. And when we went kind of one goal down, then had to come back, went two goals down, had to come back. It was really feeling nervy for me. And obviously we were watching that game together and I think I lost it a bit because at the end, when Emi <laughs> Martinez scored the own goal in injury time, I just like lost my shit. I you got some shit one. for that, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had some Villa fans sending me screenshots of the league table because apparently I was um, being recorded. I didn't know at the time. I was just in the moment. Oh, you didn't know? Celebra- yeah, I didn't know. I was oh, just shouting like at Emmy Martinez. at the camera. <laughs> yeah, so I was just facing like the people in front of the projector shouting at them. And the next thing I know, this video pops up online of me shouting about like, Emmy Martinez, enjoy your relegation battle. Yeah. And I was like fuming as well. So a few Villa Modern fans got society, be careful. You're always being recorded and you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. But uh, honestly, like I, th- that just... Since that day till now, obviously that was Saturday, we're on Friday now. I have been on the clouds this whole time, Clayton. I'm just so happy. Um, yeah. Just so happy. And I know, obviously, we just had the Europa draw as well. So yeah, I don't know if you want to maybe Lisbon, touch right? on that. Yeah, yeah. yeah so I mean, sporting, to... that's quite an uh, interesting one. I think it's one of the better teams we could have been drawn in the last 16. Yeah, like every that team better looks for us, like it... I mean, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, but every team looks like a tough one that we could have got right and everyone could have posed their own challenges but yeah I, I, I quite like that draw I think I might be able to get a ticket and go to that so I'll be touched on going that that would be cool if I manage that but yeah I guess this is the thing like we won the group so we obviously got a bye and now we're having to play like quite a lot of the tough teams and United obviously you had to beat someone tough in Barca and now have quite an easy one so yeah. it is what it is though I think like I, I've been I know a lot of people are like oh tank the Europa um and just go for the premier league i personally think we have more than enough depth to manage like the, i the way i look at cup ties over two legs especially at like this stage of the competition i think we have more than enough depth to rotate and manage minutes and load across like the various game states i think they'll over 100 and 
80 minutes, the game state is going to change so much. So I, I'm not worried. And I think with Kivio, Jorginho in now, and Ketia and Jesus will be sharing minutes by then. Trossard, like, I think... Even Holding Nelson's will... back, right? Like, Holding's yeah, I, there as well, as you say, like, Turner's yeah. there. Yeah, and I, I think when I say Holding, like, I know people are a bit sceptical about him, but I think there'll be game states where we can get away with playing him fine. So I'm not, I'm not concerned. Um I'll be honest, I'm a bit ignorant and like I don't know how good sporting are this year, but I saw you posted a little stat about our previous meetups before this. Yeah, so I, I don't know how they're doing this season, but I think we've faced them four times historically and they failed to score against us. So, you know, I know that kind of history between teams with different managers and different squads isn't quite a kind of barometer to use, but it definitely sounds reassuring enough, at least as a narrative to tell myself going into the tie. <laughs> um, I do actually like that it's an away leg the first game, um, just because I feel like is that if confirmed, we do need then, to chase yeah? it. Yeah, so it'll be away okay. first and then home second leg. Yeah, so I, I kind of like that because the last thing I want is to travel. Um, like, let's say it does go to the second tie. I don't want an intense tie away from home all the way in Portugal and then like, that's on a Thursday night and then they put us on like Sunday 2pm or something and yeah. we come back and we got to face like Liverpool away that day or something. So I think the way the fixtures sit, I'm keen that we go heavy on the first games Agreed. Um, and we just try to kind of run away with it so that we can change the lineup in the second game. So I, say I don't that think again, when, to walk so when is that scheduled in for then? So we've got Bournemouth at home. Uh, yeah, I'm getting a bit confused when the date yeah, so I've got... Yeah, so I have them. Um, I think they've put them in the calendar. So we've got after the Fulham away game. So our first, so our home leg, it says, is 16th of March. So uh, it's just okay, before got... the Palace game on Sunday the 19th. Okay, got it. So it, yeah. So the first leg is in between Bournemouth at, uh, Bournemouth at home and Fulham away. So on yeah. Thursday the 9th, we play away at Sporting. And then, yeah. And then go away to... at Fulham. Yeah. So yeah, that, I think and, that. And was then the probably... following week again, we play home against Sporting. Home, yeah, against I'm Palace. with you. Just go all out. Try get the kind of, I say points on the board. I mean goals on the board. Try give ourselves some buffer room so that we can bring it back at home, have a bit of leeway. Potentially, hopefully, Jesus will be reintegrated by then. Minutes off the bench, like ah, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with that draw. Um, and I think it falls quite nicely in the calendar for us as well. If we, we've got either side. Um, famous yeah, it could actually. be worse, right? Um, I'm just looking if we did happen to go further, I'm just checking if those are in the diary at all yet. So, if we got to the quarterfinals, it would be Thursday the 13th of April before we play West Ham away on Sunday the 16th, and right. then it would be 20th of April. We're currently due to play Southampton on Friday the 21st, the day after. So, I yeah, imagine that fixture will be pushed to the Sunday the 23rd as well. Yeah, I've seen that. It's oh. like if we... <laughs> Oh, go on. So I was going to say, yeah, I guess they've kind of put fixtures in for teams in Europe in the Prem when they could have just put it on the Sunday originally. But I've seen yeah. why they haven't, because this looks like a mess. So we have Friday is meant to be Arsenal-Southampton. Wednesday is meant to be Man City at the Etihad. And then the following Saturday is Arsenal home against Chelsea. So if we do get to the quarterfinals, uh, I don't know what impact that has on those three ties, but... Um, I'm pretty sure it's going to be a bit of a congestion so, if we get quarterfinals is when it's going to get tough. Yeah, the Southampton one, if we get to the quarterfinals, is definitely moving to Sunday. Uh, it's like 6.30 or 7.30 or something. So and that Wednesday that, City, that Saturday schedule, Chelsea. So, I mean, not that we're getting carried away talking about the quarterfinal already, but Liverpool away, 
Europa uh, game, West Ham away, Southampton, another Europa, Man City away, Europa, Chelsea. Like that's that's tough, but and then we enter into May, yeah. So I think April's going to be difficult if we get past the last. Let's deal with Sporting Lisbon first, and then let's take it from there. I think (laughs) sounds good. All right, let's uh, let's go to the Leicester game. Unless there's anything you want to say just about where you're at after the last two games. Yeah, sure. I think yeah, similar to you. To be honest, I'm not going to lie. So that fortnight that spanned from City in the Cup, it was then Everton away. City in the Cup, I at the time did not give a shit about like. I think the words I used was it was the perfect way to go out. Like we rotated five, six players, played their strongest nine or ten, gave a great account of ourselves, went out in style, which is all I wanted, to be honest. At the time, didn't care. It was then followed by like Everton away in the league, right? Which I feel like I've missed a game in there somewhere. But yeah, Everton away in the league, we lost. It was then Brentford at home, we dropped points. City at home in the league, we lost. And it just felt like a slow knife in my gut that those two weeks, like it went from not caring about the city game in the cup to slowly just feeling so deflated. Like the end of that city game at home in the league, I was genuinely like really down and like, it wasn't like, Oh, doom and gloom. I, I think the league is over. But in that moment, I felt like really, really, really down. That's all I can say. I felt like I couldn't wake up the next morning, couldn't get out of bed. And just, just to clarify, that's not the reason we bottled going live on pods and stuff. It's just we've had a yeah, mental yeah. couple. We've had a mental couple of weeks in like personal life and work and stuff. But yeah, my feelings then were disastrous, to be honest. And yeah, I didn't think it was over because I, I still maintain I think City will continue to drop points. And even after that game where they beat us, I didn't think they'd go on this nine ten game winning rampage run. Um, and then obviously get to the Villa game and like I'm just copying what you said. We went one down equalized two one down equalized and like you felt every emotion there was to feel right and then come the end of it obviously we were together fucking buzzing and like not even thinking of city because i thought oh it's yeah i didn't even do the next game yeah i just thought forest were without two center backs i was like oh it's gonna be routine and then it's like fucking hell like like, 86th minute or something chris with subs on and bags are gone (laughs) and then i'm back to all right yeah it's back in business now so i think the one thing i'm trying to do which i i got very guilty of i, I started looking at games and blocks i just need to stop doing that now and just look just at like one game at one, a time again. one game at a time yeah do what but, um, odegaard and arteta have been doing yeah don't let what's the, that? what the, have they said the, 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 as in they've constantly said that they're not worried about may they're not thinking about may they're not worried yeah. about of it they're just going individual opponent at a time and i think you know, you play football, so you'll know this, right? Like, if you lose a match and you're with your mates, you're playing a match, let's say Sunday League, five-a-side, whatever, it's not go- you're not going to carry that burden with you into the next game if you feel you still played well. It's only yeah. if you feel you played badly, then you're like, oh, shit, we played really bad. But some of these games where we drop points, like, we did well for big spells of them, like, especially against City in the first half, you know, like, th- there was times where, yeah. we, you know, Brentford, they probably felt robbed, as they said, as Arteta said with the VAR. So, as a group of players, I don't think they were hurt emotionally as much as we as fans were, is what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, agreed. I, I think we were that. more doom and gloom. And the players were probably all together and they were like, no, like, this is fine. Like, we did well yeah. today. We'll fix it next game. Here's some things we can do. And it's it's because as fans, like, it's normal, right? As fans, we're, we're more emotional than the players. Like, yeah, 
that that's the difference. And like, yeah, I think it's it's quite normal to have those emotions. But yeah, you're absolutely right. I don't think the players would have been anywhere near as distraught as the fan base and stuff. Um, Definitely. And yeah, so go to the Leicester game then. But before yeah, that, just a quick couple shout outs. So thank you to everyone who's tuned in live. Yeah, quick shout out to nice Colin to Russell. Yeah, so good to be back and nice lunchtime Friday special. Good to see you, Colin. Delia, thank you for tuning in and for the lovely bakes at the last meet. I missed William. that. Yeah. I missed yeah. Oh, you came. Oh, you yeah, left. I left. Oh, you missed out, man. There were Valentine's Day um, treats. They were very good with cake oh. pops, some of them. So they were very nice. Um, yeah. You missed out, man. Next time. So William as well is saying that Leicester away is one of his favorite games. So I'm sure we'll talk a bit about yeah, that. I'm excited. I've heard they've got like, it's just one long concourse and that obviously there's no upper or lower tier. So I'm quite, it's the first time I'm going in the away end at Leicester. I've been there for a home game before. So yeah, I'm pretty excited for that. Yeah, definitely. Cool. So let's, um, we'll shout out anyone else that comes in in the live chat as we go. But let's get started with our predicted lineup. So for the podcast listeners, we've gone with Ramsdale in goal. Zinchenko left-back, Gabriel Saliba centre-back, Xhaka and Odegaard in the middle, and Ketir and Saka up top. So we've got three question marks. Question mark FC. So can I just say why I put the yeah, question yeah. marks and then I want to kind of run it by you. So have you seen the news on party? Like he's he's barely been training but should be available for selection. It'll be last minute to see whether he's... Yeah, it's quite promising the news. Yeah, so that's one thing why... I wanted to have a conversation around the number six role. Martinelli Trossard, I've got a feeling just knowing each other that will be aligned on that, but I thought that's a mm-hmm. conversation. And then at right back, I hadn't thought of this at all. And to be honest, I'd, I hadn't really thought of our lineup much this week because I've been quite busy and stuff. But someone on Twitter, FPL underscore luck, made a good point. He was like, do you see a situation where Tommy Asu comes in because of like Harvey Barnes' threat and 1v1 defending and stuff? And I hadn't considered that, and I do think it's a conversation worth having. So, yeah, I'll just throw it out at you. What, what do you think? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I definitely think let's start with the right back then in that case, yeah. and then we'll work backwards from there. We'll, we'll get to number six at the end because I think that's a, another interesting conversation and Jorginho deserves some comments, which he missed or, or because we... he didn't review the last game. Yeah, okay, so, <laughs> so because I feel like there's going to be more conversations on the six and the right back, should we go left wing? Fine, actually, left wing, I think that's like... We probably both agree, but I'm pretty confident Martinelli starts yeah. here. Um, yeah. I feel like Leicester's the kind of team that isn't going to necessarily park the bus. And although they've yeah. been much better from an attacking point of view recently, that should allow us to hit them on the counters and transition. Yeah. So I do think that Martinelli, especially after coming on, you could see how much that goal meant for him. And like when Vieira kind of assisted him, like obviously we've come out with the interview recently, you know, when he arrived, he was still settling into the new country and, Cedric, um, you know, Martinelli, Jesus, all these guys were speaking to him in Portuguese and they made yeah. him feel at home. And I think um, you always see there's been a bromance between Martinelli and Vieira. Yeah. So it was just really nice to see like Vieira looking for his boy, getting him the ball. Like, like bloody Vieira was celebrating before Martinelli was. Um, I think they all were. And Martinelli's <laughs> yeah. one cracked me up because he he did it, and then I think he like panicked a little bit. He, he did it for in like case he wasn't second, gonna score it? or something. Yeah, with <laughs> <laughs> Ross Barkley. But um, yeah, so I I'm definitely think he's gonna start. Just, just I, I, I don't see a world in which, like Trossard is great, and that is you know I love having that option, but I do just think that 
this game is one that does suit Martinelli. And Agreed. I reckon the manager will want to reward that result. Also, it's a good problem for Arteta to have, right? 100%. When Trossard came on as a sub, sub recently, he scored. When uh, Martinelli came on as a sub, he scored. Like, that's yeah. what we need. We need difference makers off the bench. So, yeah, that's the. it's a great position to be in. Yeah, and this is. Do you remember what I said about why I was really happy with the Trossard signing? Was for me, it's it's another tactic and strategy to just up the level you get out of that left wing area, no matter who's playing, because you can rotate and maximize the freshness accordingly, and therefore get a more consistent performance. Uh, regardless of who's playing, so I, I think that's a great position to be in, and I think it's going to be a question mark most weeks. To be honest, I think it will yeah. be largely dependent on if the players are doing well and stuff. But I do think it's going to be a little bit of like, what's the opposition saying and stuff. And I agree. I think because what you said about Leicester and transitions and stuff, I feel like this game suits Martinelli to a T. I think also like we've had that week off now. So there's like a yeah. big break we've had. And I think like where last time Martinelli didn't start, like he'd been starting a lot of games and it, it seemed like an opportune time to rest him. And we always said that we thought he'd start against City, but then maybe it would yeah. be the Villa game where the rotation would hit. And it did, yeah. right? So I'm still pretty confident, but, you know, maybe Arteta thinks differently. Maybe he thinks, oh, I really like what I saw from Martinelli against tired legs. Maybe I try it again. So there's no mm. guarantee, but it's, it's still a great position to be in, I think. Um, in terms of, let's go to right back next, I think. Cool. So, so yeah, I'll repeat the yeah, question. What, yeah, go so, on. Yeah, repeat yeah, that so, one, yeah. So the guy on Twitter said, uh, do you foresee a situation where Tommy Asu comes into the starting eleven against Leicester because of the threat of Harvey Barnes and Tommy being like a specialist 1v1 defender? It's, it's a great question. Um, I've put in my predicted lineups into our, obviously our predictors league that we have. I need to do uh, that, yeah. Yeah, so I think we have to 3pm maybe, but I, I've gone for Ben White. Um, cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I, I see the logic in the Tommy Asu thing, but again, I just feel like a week off, you know, when Ben White subbed on in the game Tommy started, you could it tell was the ferocious, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It he was nice like, no, nah, man, that. I want my spot back. <laughs> yeah, trust. Yeah, he, um, yeah, that was nice to see. And I thought yeah, he did no, well against Villa. Yeah, I was going to say, and against Villa, I felt like he was like very attacking, actually. like He, he, he was, he was slightly runs. at fault for their, was it their second goal? Where like he got caught a bit square on and the ball was mm. played in behind him. But that that's like, I think it was quite, unlucky to get penalized for that in the like from from that area where he, he got beat for that to then lead to a goal because like, Xhaka then miskicked the ball right so yeah it was like I a mean, few was, series of incidents yeah yeah like if if that didn't end up in the back of the net I don't think anyone's going to remember that little incident yeah yeah no I agree I, I I tend to be pretty confident and bullish on Ben White starting I just cool. I just think that he's like I don't think Arteta sees him as a centre-back anymore I think he's our first choice right back going forward so yeah so, so I yeah, agree, I'm, but of that. I'm not as confident. I think having heard that theory thrown at me, I'm going to fence it. I'm 50-50 on it. I, I could absolutely see the logic in it. And part of it is driven by whether party plays or not for me. So mm-hmm. I look at let's, I, I think like we'll get into score predictions later on, but I think we'll have enough to beat Leicester. But the way I'm looking at party's reintegration and why I think this affects who plays at right back is... I look at Leicester and I think they're a team that are largely transition dependent, right? And Mm -hmm. while I think Jorginho has been absolutely fantastic, the bit of his game that worries me is transitions and stuff. And he's very good at proactively reading the game, interceptions and stuff. But 
when Leicester turn a game into a basketball match, I think the midfield is a little bit of a worry for me. And that's why I see. And then, sorry, the next point, Everton is obviously a physical midfield, right? So I think he's going to look to have party back for Everton. But I do worry a little bit about Jorginho against Leicester. And so as a result, I think if it is Jorginho tomorrow, I think there may be a situation where he does go Tommy Asu just to kind of help nullify transitions because of the lack of stuff. party, yeah. I think so. And then I think, but I, I don't disagree with what you're saying. Like Ben White is absolutely first choice. I just think there's some nuances. Like tactical where, tweaks, yeah, yeah, based on your position. Yeah, and like personnel available in other zones for us. So I could see, I could definitely see, sorry, gibberish there. I could definitely see a situation tomorrow where it's Jorginho and Tommy Asu or Party and White in terms of pairings, if that makes sense. Mm. So if um, Party was back in, straight back in, that's where you would then maybe see White start. But I think if he's so, not, yeah. and I think he won't be straight back in. Um, I have a feeling he's going to use Jorginho to, because we, we know he likes to reward good performances and yeah like Jorginho obviously like he basically created that comeback um, exactly and, and he did also, very well we, throughout the game you touched on Martinez but we have to do it now what a fucking helmet man <laughs> <laughs> did you see I the interview was... afterwards um with uh, Unai Emery saying yeah that, he was they feeling, asked him they're like did you did you tell him he can go up and he's like no, like no. he shouldn't. He'll do remember that. this for his career. Yeah, for his career, that was the best line. Um, he's clearly not happy with him. Um, uh, it might have something to do with the, in the last couple of weeks. Martinez has been talking about how he wants to play in the Champions League, and yeah, I I assume that looking at Villa's position, that's not where he means. So I have a feeling <laughs> he might not be there next year. But um, f- fair play to um, him for scoring an own goal, going up to be the hero and get the equaliser. And then conceding another, like I just love what to a see helmet. He 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 always wants to be the main character, Tony. But anyway, I feel like we're going to share this segment with FPL Twitter because of the predicted lineup. So let let's not like piss any Villa fans off. Let's talk about that. Yeah, later yeah, on. I've already pissed them <laughs> off enough with my video. Um, I just wanted to uh, pull up this as well. So just because Colin mentions it as well, the joy of seeing Emmy trying to sprint back to his goal and giving up when he saw Martinelli was clear was amazing. I don't. I don't even. I need to rewatch that because I. I didn't even. I saw him trying to run back. I saw that. I didn't yeah. realize he stopped because I was so focused on watching uh, the Vieira Martinelli part of it. <laughs> I didn't get to see that. But um, yeah. No. Let's um talk about six then. So yeah, I do yep. think that Party won't start just because I think he will be very yeah. important for that Everton game. As you say the strong Agreed. physical midfield, and I just don't see the point in kind of rushing him back when Jorginho has slot in and actually maybe proven quite a few Arsenal fans wrong in their doubts in him because I know what you've said before as well, which is quite accurate, which is we're worried that against teams that are quite fast, that they might be able to bypass him. But he's not like alone in the system we play. We've got the inverted right back and left back that come in and protect him and he's got extra players. There's less space for him to cover. And I think you said this about Xhaka and the Emery where you'd find him in huge amounts of space just yeah. trying to run back to that goal. Doesn't exist that's not going to happen in this system, no. exactly. So I think I'm more confident of Jorginho based on the system we play. So I'm pretty me confident too. he starts, but then that makes me think maybe you're right that maybe I should be less confident of White's start because that's... No, I don't know. Like, comes in. So for, for what it's worth, I'm not like... I think most of my decision-making on Arsenal is like 
80 90 percent confident but i'm 50 50 on that right back um so it's it's very fence sitting unfortunately but i would not be surprised if i saw the lineup tomorrow and tommy asu's in there but i'm with you i think Jorginho absolutely gets the nod tomorrow um because yeah he slotted in so well i think he deserves it and then i think reintegrate party at a home game against everton and then it'll be interesting to see who he goes with like this is way looking ahead but bournemouth at home i could foresee a circumstance where he starts Jorginho then gives party a breather yeah, he might now trust him enough to give Party protect him even more. Like he was already yeah. quite protected that he didn't really play cup games, but maybe by having Jorginho instead of Lukonga, maybe he feels confident enough to even do some of those league rotations yeah. with Party and keep him for the big games because God knows we need that. But um, so William's question, I'm just going to take it now because it's related to the lineup. So before we look at the predicted lineup for Leicester, I just thought we might as well cover this while we're here. I know Xhaka isn't a question mark this week, but he obviously asked, do you see a world where Xhaka could become a question mark soon? For um, me, definitely. I, like, I don't know yeah. about you, but I, I think Arteta's... Well, definitely as long as Jesus isn't around, because I think you're seeing it. He's slowly getting Vieira on in that left eight role. We saw it against Wolves. I always use that as like the example when Xhaka went off, Odegaard Vieira with the two eights and Vieira was quite key in both goals, if I recall correctly. And I think his long-term plan is to have that as like the two mobile eights. Um, but when Jesus is back, I think that left-hand side dynamic of Jesus, Martinelli, Xhaka was working so well um, that I think, we'll see that dynamic returning to the free-flowing self that it was. But I could see a situation, you know, against Bournemouth where he does go for, like, Vieira and Odegaard as the two eights or, like, games against, with respect, lower league opposition where you think we'll have a lot of the ball, there'll be the deep blocks, less physicality required. I, I could see that. So I'm going to say yes. I think that will become a question mark, personally. What about you? Yeah, so I, I agree. I do think it's against very specific opposition, but I also feel that Vieira, like we obviously saw something in him. We paid nearly 30 mil. No one knew the signing was happening. Um, I think it's taken him a bit of time to settle in the country. But after the recent interview, it sounds like he says he's fully acclimatized now. So yeah, I do think we're going to start to see the best of him. And he, he, he seems to be best when he's further up the pitch as well. So although he'd be playing in this yeah. kind of left role in midfield, he could get into the positions Xhaka was getting into at the start of the year from this left eight role. And I, I reckon Vieira can do more from there in terms of creating chances. Um, I, I do think he's got a wicked um, delivery and stuff. So, do you think so? Want... Well, well not, on, to... not on that free kick we saw at the end of the other well, game. And but, I've um... seen a couple. Like, I, I don't doubt. Like his, He has got the ability to unlock defences and like have great final balls. But a couple of them have been so sloppy. But I don't know if that's just the case of... He's having a handful of minutes. Like you need rhythm to you be need able to, to be executing. I think, yeah. yeah, because if you look at him, like he generally from a minutes perspective, like considering he barely starts games, um, he has been returning. And like I had a look at, like obviously it's unfair on Anthony because he scored the winner for United yesterday. But you know Anthony has like I think it's a thousand minutes in the league. <laughs> And he has free goal contributions. Hey, and, shit, man. I'll yeah, but like he has awful. free goal contributions, right? And uh, Vieira has like 250 minutes in the league and he has the same number of goal contributions. I've seen so. um, Clive <laughs> from Arsenal Vision tweeted like, 
I think it was his son that said this, he could be our Bruno in terms of like end product machine and goals and assists output. And I can see that, especially if he gets consistent minutes where he gets in that rhythm of like getting all the bad balls out of the way and then executing the final one. Yeah, because so, if you look yeah. at like Bruno, he he loses possession a lot, um, which is yeah, more because he's... of Vieira. But it's because you take he's those trying. risks, right? Yeah. I remember Sanchez in his prime for us. There was games where he was breaking records each week for like 50 misplaced losses of possession in one yeah. half. And like, because they're, they're always trying to do something that's like high risk, high reward passing and yeah, trying to exactly. cut through the opponent. And a lot of the time it doesn't cut through, right? But if you're not attempting those things, when are you going to get through the deep block? Yeah, <laughs> so true. And uh, I just saw your message as well. So that's amazing news. So thank you for whoever just subscribed. We've hit 150 subscribers, which is a great milestone yeah, to amazing. celebrate on this Friday. Thank you very much, everyone. So let's go to the Leicester lineup versus the Man United match last week. So that warding goal, Castagna, Sutar, Faze, Christensen, Dewsbury Hall, Mendy, Tete, Madison, Barnes, and Ian Acho. Now, Ian Acho, like he he's, I think he has like the best really. Premier League like goals to minutes ratio in history of Premier League or something like And it's not a short number of games or goals he's got. Like I still right. don't comprehend how he doesn't start more under Leicester under Rodgers over the last few years. Like, yeah. It's like, no matter when he starts, he bags. Do you and remember that? Yeah, like, how has this happened? Like, why is the guy that who can score not playing? FPL where, like, everyone had him. He just went on the most disgusting run. I think it may have been last season or season before. And it was, like, around game week 28, 29, 30. I remember because I wildcarded him in. And he just went on this ridiculous run. And that was the moment where, like, you got to the end of the season. And I think everyone was looking at the start of next season. Like, yeah, he's going to be Leicester's number nine. Vardy's going to be phased out. And it's just not really happened. But it looks like now last couple of weeks he's got that place down on lock hasn't he he does i think one of the theories i read was that he's really suited to a two striker system where there's another striker as well and they can hold up together and if you look at like leicester's cup games where ian does start most of the time they do generally play a front two in their cup games and he scores in all the cup games too so i think in this formation where he is the lone striker i just think Rogers just didn't trust him or didn't want him as the lone striker. I still find it baffling, but maybe he's finally like unlocked him to play on his own up top. But it's not great timing for us to meet them just as he's started to, you know, bag in the goals again. Madison's no. back on the returns, Barnes well, is back in. Like Madison's everyone's an, what, what, Madison's oh, he's a, a risk, doubt, right? isn't he? Yeah. yeah, oh yeah, he's a late doubt. That could be um, game changing for us if he's out. That, yeah, big time. Like I yeah, I mean, this is probably more suitable for the score prediction. I mean, to be honest, I've got nothing like tactical insight-wise to add other than I think Leicester have the ability to really hurt us in transition. And I think they'll cause enough problems for us defensively. But I think the flip side of that is I think we will have more than enough to kind of carve them in areas and create enough chances ourselves. The one thing I find interesting, though, is like, did you see their Man United game? They they created really really good chances. They I think the scoreline score kind of flatters it a bit. Um, they like in the first half at least, or at least for like 20, 30 minutes, it just felt like they were dominating. Like, yeah, I I don't understand why they didn't like take their chances because they looked like they were going to run away with the game. So the way it flipped on its head, I think it's a like I do have to praise Ten Hag in this as much as it hurts me, but. I do think his in-game management and the substitutions he makes yeah. 
they are always great. Like I think he's had the most goal contributions from subs this season in England. So like yeah, every time he makes a sub, it changes the game. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say it's because he gets his starting eleven wrong. <laughs> yeah, let's go with that. Let's go with that. Um, uh, Tete is just worth talking about because obviously he's come yeah. straight in. Um, I don't think many of us knew much about him. I believe he's an academy boy and like oh, he, he just broke his way in and he's right. actually very good. So William mentions that, you know, Tete versus Zinchenko could be a problem. He was impressed by Tete against United. Um, yeah, I think generally we find a lot of our chances get conceded down the left back, but it's like a choice anyway. Yeah. So the question is like, I think, do less can have I, enough? Like, Can I just like, say to that yeah. point, look at Gabriel and how he covers, right? Like that, Thing, mm. That defending against Bailey last week, where obviously Zinchenko did get caught out, Bailey was just running, and the you know what I'm talking about, right? Where the agility, where Bailey yeah. was going in, turned, and how he like he's big, how he stays grounded on the floor and strong enough to ta- oh, get he's ridiculous recently, Gabriel, and I think so. That's why we talk about high risk, high reward a lot. And I think we're able to do that, but because we've just got this beast in Gabriel that he covers so much space, and yeah, he, he's very good at defending, right? So uh, I do worry about Tete versus Zinchenko. But what I'd say is, in our system, I don't think wingers are really up one v one versus Zinchenko that much anyway. I think it's more you leave it to kind of have someone covering like that defensive half. It's space generally like the vertical Gabriel. line, isn't it? It's like Gabriel yeah. or Saliba. They're basically running half the pitch vertically. So they're yeah. like, if they're going to ping a higher ball in, we're relying on these two centre backs to basically do nearly all of the defensive work on their own. So it's actually yeah. quite crazy when you think. I think um, the way I, I don't know if it's, I guess it's Cruyff or Pep, but you know, Pep evolved Cruyff's total football, but so it's maybe the same thing ultimately. But they talk about obviously the striker being the first defender and yeah. the goalkeeper being the first attacker. So it's like, that is what this team is. Like, Gabriel and Saliba are the first attacker alongside Ramsdale. And I know yeah. it's been frustrating watching us play out from the back in a lot of these games, including against City, trying to play our own style. And there's something we didn't get to talk about after City game because we didn't do the review, obviously. I just want to put, like, you can't enjoy all the great football we've been playing this season by playing out from the back and then criticise the boys shit for playing when, out from the yeah. back because it goes wrong. Like, it is a risky way of playing. But what team in the country goes to City and plays their own way. City had to change the way they play yeah. to face us. And, you know, like in the first half, we were great. And they changed yeah, the we system. Were. They moved Bernardo up a bit. And we, we didn't react to that. And it didn't quite work out for us. But at the end of the game, you know, Grealish, these guys, they'll come out. They were like, we thought Arsenal were the better team today. Like, yeah. like no one, like, like this is what I mean. Like yesterday, my friend was talking about, you know, United beat Barca and all this. And I saw them and they, they did great. They had a lot of character. But United were attacking Barca aggressively. Now, if United face us in the Europa, they're not going to be attacking us. They're mate. not going to do that. They're going to no. park the bus. They're going to pay us respect and they're yeah. going to just try to counter because this is the team we've now become. I think people are so reactionary to individual results and don't see yeah. the monster team that we're building in front of them. That, like, like, it is a high-risk, high-reward team. But if City is changing the way they play against you, this is like a huge respect. Yeah, I know we didn't get the points, but I think we should just take pride in that. And we should. And it was Arteta said after the City game, he said, I have more belief that we can do this title race now after witnessing us going head to head against them yeah. than I did before we lost. And so I know, that's just something to keep in mind. I completely, yeah, well said. And I know possession isn't the be all and end all, but 
against a team like City, I do think you can take a lot of information out of possession stats. And that's the lowest possession that City have had in a league game under Pep. Like, it's over that, 10 that years, is, yeah. Yeah, that uh, is it. Wow. 36% um, possession since, I think, the lowest since like 2013. Wow. I didn't realize it was that long. But like, I know it didn't account to anything. And if you're being results based with your analysis, sure, like it's pointless. But there is information to be had from that. And it is how respected as a team we are. Like we're, we're very bloody good. And yeah, let's one game at a time. Let's hope we. Yeah, I just want to put some positive it. rays there. Yeah. I, I just don't, no, I don't like how, because I've seen like some of the older generation of fans in the stadium when I've been there and we're playing out from the back and they're, they're like, like oh, kick no. it out. Yeah. yeah, they're like boot it. And I'm like, oh, it's no. just not how we play. Like City no. weren't doing that when they were winning leagues. Liverpool, weren't, they just played their way. That was it. Like, yeah. I get it doesn't sometimes work out, but like I have faith in these guys to learn yeah. from it and keep it's getting It's yielded us the results to get where we are. Like, don't can it. Now, like, don't get me wrong. I, I think there are individual circumstances in a game where maybe going a bit long to Saka or Martinelli is the better decision. But 98% of the time, we we don't do this for the sake of it. I feel like some of the fans in the stadium think we're just doing it to look pretty. Like It is to have superiority, break through a first line, and then you've got advantages. That's what I mean. It, it's our first it's, attackers, right? They yeah. are our first attackers. We're basically attacking tactic. them from it's, our box. Yeah, like, I, I don't get the... It's nervy to watch, sure, but how often does it go wrong, really? I'd love to look at that statistically. I reckon it's a low percentage that it actually And if you look at the other teams who wrong. play like this, it happens to them all the time. I see yeah. Edison concede all the time from playing up. Allison against Real yeah, Madrid Allison. midweek. Like, but we're, we're, we're one of the best at doing it. So, yeah, well said on that. Yeah, I'm really... I'm just so happy with the way. So let's see what we think about the scoreline then. Um so this is going to be a tough one. Um, so I've flopped recently. because Oh, because you um, went for the draw, didn't you? So for I the went first for a time draw ever. Villa. Yeah, for the <laughs> first time I'm on 74% correct outcome and you're on 70% for the podcast. Listeners. Yeah, so I um, I predicted draws against Man United away and Villa away. Uh, we've still not predicted a loss <laughs> this season. I'm trying to think what game I predicted a draw. It was probably the it United It was Man United. Well. It yeah. was, yeah. So correct actual score lines. You've got four. I've got three. Goals four predicted. You're doing well. You've predicted 52. We've scored 51. Conceded. I feel like we're a bit biased. We are way <laughs> off that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you thought we'd concede 10 goals all season so far. <laughs> uh, <laughs> when you say it out loud like that, it's a bit mad, isn't it? It is. I think I have to like pick a random game and just say, we're going to win this we're game 5-4. Five, five, four, and then yeah. I, just to try and bring my numbers up a bit. So I get the outcome right, but the score wrong. And then it looks a bit less bad, but uh, I'm going to have to game the system somehow. Uh, I'm going to go with... I, I'm not that confident of a clean sheet in this game. I think the Everton home game, I, I believe, is more likely for a clean sheet. So I'm going to go with... I expect us to score a lot on these guys. So I'm going for 3-1. Okay. Nice. Interesting. So... I'm similar. So if we didn't have Everton midweek, I was going to go for like a real high scoring thriller. But I think, unfortunately, Leicester will probably score. I think they'll create chances. I think defensively, we're not at our absolute robust selves at the minute. Um, but I do think we'll create quite a few good, clear opportunities. And I think in Ketia, for like a bit of a tangent, for FPL, I'm actually going to captain Saka, but I think Nketiah's got a haul in him this double game week, you know. 
Um, so my score prediction is also three one. But nice. if we didn't ever get but and it's more just I think it will be quite tight for a while, but then I think we'll just click into gear and get the goals. And I think if we're two, three, one up, 70, 75th minute, I don't think we're going to go for broke like four, five. I think we're just going to kind of maintain it. 200,000 passes, kill the tempo, uh, conserve Bring energy. On some subs, yeah. <laughs> and then go again Wednesday against Everton. So yeah, two, three ones for us then. What's uh, nice. anyone in the chat? Yeah, let us know your score. Yeah, let us know your score predictions, guys. Um, and while you do that, I'm just going to take another comment or question from William as we wrap up to get out of here. But do let us know your score predictions. We'll read them out. So William says um, he feels the Leicester game suits us in that sense that they aren't going to change the way they play to counter us. Like they will try to go toe to toe. They've done it against teams like Spurs as well. And yep. like you know, have you ever seen Leicester park the bus successfully? Is that like a tactic you've ever seen them pull out of the bag? I don't think no, I have. Not really? Yeah, yeah I don't point. think I have. So no. they definitely will try to go toe-to-toe. And I don't, this should be quite a thrilling game, I feel like. For a neutral, this would be an entertaining match, I think. Yeah, so could you put the question up on the screen? Oh, let me put it on the screen. I'm struggling. Yeah, um, yeah so I, like, while I don't think they'll park the bus, I don't think that... I think they'll narrow down their gung-ho-ness. Like, I think mm-hmm. they'll shrink that down a little bit so i don't think they'll just fully go for it but i also don't think they'll park the bus i think they'll just be a bit sensible in certain situations where yeah i don't think every time they get the ball they're going to go 100 miles an hour at us so i think they'll just be a bit smart about that but yeah it's a good point like they they kind of have their dna that they stick to and i think they'll just tweak how much they go with that uh, throughout the game i think so all right let's um let's get out of here so thank you to everyone for tuning in live Hopefully, it's yeah, another win you, for the Arsenal. And congrats on the 150 milestone subs. Couldn't have done it without you guys. So, appreciate yeah, thanks that. a lot, everyone. It's, yeah, it's been yeah. crazy, really. I think, obviously, when we started this, it was just a hobby to kind of chat in detail about Arsenal. Um, and, yeah, it's quite nice that we've got, like, a mini community here that tuning in and we all share our thoughts together. So, yeah, on to tomorrow. Hopefully, it's not another away defeat that I'm at. Because if it is, I think I may have to take one for the team and stop going. <laughs> Yeah, um, it sounds like you might yeah. be the jinx if we lose a third one. So please, yeah. Let's win. I was at Wolves away before Christmas. So I'm trying to remember that, but it's hard to remember that when the last two have been so bad. But um, yeah, <laughs> on to tomorrow. Let, yeah, it's nice. 3, 3 p.m. kickoff. Um, yeah, let's get the job done on to Wednesday and take it from there. Yeah, and come on, you gunners. Uh, we're going to get our revenge against Everton, hopefully. And Hope so. up the arse, as they say. Up the um, Arsenal. Come on. Yeah, thank you, guys. We'll see you next time. Thanks, everyone.